Welcome to the Saints of San Francisco podcast, where we dive into work, faith, and fulfillment. This is a podcast for the modern Christian professional. I'm your host, Isaac Hall. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, Saints, whenever you're tuning into the second episode uh, with the mental health series with Alex. And if you caught us last week, um, then you probably ended up with a cliffhanger or close to a cliffhanger um, about uh, Alex's uh, suicidal incident and the picture that was drawn for him by his neighbor. So um, that's where we're starting off and we're closing today with this session uh, with Alex's story on the mental health series in the Saints of San Francisco podcast. So um, Alex, welcome back on. Yeah, thanks. Thank you again for having me. Um, so just definitely wanted to dive right into it, if that, if you don't mind. But um, yes. <laughs> uh, just to give our listeners a little bit of context of what happened and sort of a recap of uh, that incident. So I essentially was in my bedroom uh, contemplating about suicide. I went into the kitchen, grabbed a knife. My mom yelled for my neighbor. My neighbor comes inside of the apartment, pulls me back into my into my bedroom and sees my journal with a bunch of notes, turns to a Jeez. blank page, yeah. and then uh, draws the cross and reminds me of God's love. And so I think that's where we left off. And, you know, thinking of that whole incident, it was, it has actually been 11 years since that last incident happened. So mid-April wow. of 2010. Your anniversary is coming up. It is. It is. Wow. Uh, sometimes I feel kind of emotional on that day because I reflect on it. Yeah. Um, other times I, I, I feel like I, I can reflect and be like, wow, I'm, I'm so strong. I'm strong right now. I'm, I'm, I was mm. able to overcome it. So yeah, it, it, it was, it was a really kind of emotional um, turmoil type of experience for me at the time. Um, I did want to touch upon a little bit of a statistic where in 2019 men died by suicide um, by 3.63 times more often than women. So on wow. average, there are 130 suicides per day. Wow. So I, I feel that like that really speaks to how we live in a very masculated society where oftentimes men are just forced to not even show any type of emotion and just, you know, kind of be manly or whatever that means. And I for sure have been able to resonate with that um, and even feel the pressures of having to be super masculine in, in growing up. And, yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a very good, good point. And sorry, uh, Alex, for interjecting. Hopefully it can be a little bit more conversational this time, but I don't know if you read Daring Greatly by Brene Brown, but it's so tough. There's like this silent and subtle double standard for men. 
mm-hmm. I feel like in today's society, everyone's like, oh no, like we want men to talk about their feelings and express themselves and articulate and express, you know, what you're going through. And, yeah. you know, we yeah. want you to communicate, but at the same time, there's still this prevalent cultural phenomenon where no, a man must be strong and ride on his white horse and protect people and keep it all within himself. It's an unspoken thing, but I feel like it's still there. So, so we're kind of like caught in the middle of, Hey, we're shamed for not being able to be more eloquent and articulate with our words. But at the same time, we still feel this invisible barrier that's telling you, no, you have to be strong you have to hold it together and you have to take it all in and bottle it up and then like um, revert it to something that's more productive, whether yeah. it's through like working out or doing well at your job or like, you know, growing a family, whatever it is. I feel like there's an interesting dynamic going on. And obviously there's a lot of mental and spiritual and health related things for women as well, but just on the topic of men and that statistic you brought up, it's, I'm not surprised that that still exists in t- today's society here in the States and is probably going to grow as time goes on, which is very unfortunate. Yeah. I think even just how it's frowned upon even for men to, to go to therapy. Like that's one thing where, I, I looked at it as a resource. So full disclosure, I actually go to therapy. Um, I think that's a part of my redemptive um, story of, um, if you guys remember, I initially didn't go to therapy when I first had my anxiety attack or my panic attack, but I go to therapy now. Um, I've gone to therapy mm. since October, but before that I went to therapy back in 2013 and went to two sessions and it was so helpful, mm. so helpful at the time. Um, and even in current day, um, being able to talk to someone um, who has an objective opinion on you uh, can provide such in- a lot of insight. In addition, uh, you know, come up with a lot of tools on how you can regulate um, certain behaviors or anxieties that you encounter. Uh, so therapy has been so monumentally helpful for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely recommend it regardless of, of gender. If you're a woman or a man, like it's so helpful. So is that kind of like a piece of your redemption arc of like that moment broke you down. You came back to God because she drew the cross. And I mean, to say, Alex, if that happened 11 years ago, we would have lost a really good one. I think there would have been a void in a vacuum if you weren't here today. And so many people have been blessed by you, me especially. So for selfish reasons, I'm glad you had that turning point in your life. And then now you mentioned that redemption arc of being more in tune with your feelings and not thinking of therapy as taboo. Mm -hmm. Um, I probably have a couple more questions to ask you about therapy, especially because with Asian American males, it's just like, oh, you're, you're paying someone just to be a friend and like listen to you, but it's mm-hmm. a lot more than that. And personally, I haven't been through therapy. So I think it's also a personal question as well 
Uh, and maybe as you go along your redemption arc in your story, you could explain a little bit more about like the 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 you know uh, the granular things about therapy and how you felt when you first went in and what's your experience been like so far uh, as we continue on the session. How's yeah, yeah, sounds good. I mean. I think when I first was looking for a therapist, I didn't want to go to any therapist. I wanted to make sure that I could resonate with someone. And so a few uh, checkpoints that I wanted in a therapist was I wanted I wanted them to be LGBT friendly. Mm. I also wanted them to be Asian American yeah. and also be open or, or, you know, if they identify as Christian, then that, that, that'd be great. Obviously it would be hard to, check all those boxes but uh, I can it's safe it's safe to say that my therapist kind of hits a lot of those points which has been very helpful um, throughout the beginning stages because off the bat she was able to understand that uh, oh you you grew up being Asian so you were you were told to to do things with no real rhyme or reason uh, or, oh, you, you grew up being Catholic, so you probably grew up with a lot of Catholic guilt. So there are lo- there's a lot of things that I, you know, didn't have to say, and she kind of already knew. Uh, so that has been really helpful in that sense. And, you know, one of the things that my, my therapist has, has recently said was that, Alex, I can see that you want to put in the work, meaning... I utilize a space to be vulnerable, to yeah. be emotional, and just just to be open, you know. Um, and that's really how you'll get to work is coming up with these traumas that you've experienced, um, unpacking them with your therapist, and then after that, like you know, what are the underlying themes or what are the underlying um, hurt or triggers that you're feeling from the trauma. Mm. And you'll you'll be surprised to find out that sometimes it really, or actually most often, it, it relates back to your childhood yeah. and what you experienced as a child. And you'll find that you, you left that certain situation or trauma uh, without healing. And so that's when the healing process begins and one a few you know coping mechanisms that 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 we worked on was like maybe writing a letter so like i wrote a letter to my bully or actually talking to your father which mm. i have and i'll bring that up in a little bit yeah. or um like you know uh doing things that you're you feel passionate about like uh you know doing art therapy or even just working out or doing some meditation. Like these are things that have been so helpful. Dancing. Yes. Um, Another thing that has been really helpful for me is like affirmations. And it sounds super cheesy to be like, Alex, you're enough or you're amazing. Or (laughs) (laughs) it sounds super cheesy, but you know, after a while you, you, you come to realize that you are enough and, um, oftentimes it's hard for me to even believe in that, but for me to say that over and over has been really helpful uh, for me. And so, you know, that's one of the things that has been really helpful. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Going back to 
confronting my father because I think that's also a part of my redemption arc. Yeah. And where a lot of my trauma and hurt comes from. I actually talked to my father uh, in 2019, I believe it was June. And I remember this incident so vividly where I was in his apartment walking back and forth to the, to the bathroom, to the living room. And it took three hours for me to just say the words of, hey dad, I was hurt when I was a kid. And then my dad, he didn't know what to say at first, but he was super receptive. He, and he apologized immediately. And then I started tearing up because I was like, I didn't expect that, especially after um, growing so much resentment and not really, you know, again, feeling the love and support from from him throughout the years. But I think that was one of the first moments in which I felt accepted felt Mm. loved and for him to say sorry meant the world to me Mm. and that's where a lot of the healing process for me began Mm. i mean don't get me wrong it, it didn't happen overnight and it's still something that i work on my relationship with my father but i can let go of that resentment and i can you know wake up every day knowing that like i'm i'm loved and i'm accepted by my father and just a lot of people in my life. Mm, so good. Yeah. Wow. So, so your story was like, all of these things happened one after another. And then you had a mental breakdown. And after that incident, you met God and you were working on this journey for the past 11 years. Therapy was one huge aspect of it where it grew, gave you a new professional perspective that mm-hmm. help you create these uh, outlets and ways to really be more in tune with yourself, to forgive yourself, to elevate yourself. And yes. one of those things was going back to childhood trauma. And when you mentioned that it triggered some childhood traumas, I didn't know I had, but mm-hmm. you know, you think about it and it's like, yeah, a lot of your ticks and your issues, your insecurities, come from your childhood trauma, mm-hmm. your relationship with your dad being one, and then you faced your demons in your closet, at least one of them, and spoke to your father and had this amazing moment where he was receptive, and now you've opened up channels of communication with him. And, you know, I think that, like, that that darkness in your heart never fully disappears because you've gone through it, but at least what it's done is you've been able to close out a certain amount of darkness within your old chapters in your childhood and move forward in building out a beautiful new relationship with your father. So that's like one tremendous accomplishment. Congratulations, Alex. So, yeah. So, so did, I mean, obviously you can't, there's like momentum and you're getting better as an individual, as a friend, as a son every day. Um, but could you tell me a little bit more about the rest of your redemption arc of like, you know, you could still be struggling with certain things, but on top of you finally building out this relationship with your father, forgiving him and forgiving yourself and letting mm-hmm. go with some of that resentment, mm-hmm. like what's been other things that you've been tackling at a mental, spiritual and emotional level uh, that's helped you become 
the fantastic, amazing human being you are today. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, thank you. Uh, you're so kind, Isaac. Uh, I think definitely strengthening my relationship with God has immensely grown throughout the years and especially being a part of the church that we go to. And I think one of the biggest steps in which I was able to really strengthen it was feeling accepted um, in the community yeah, and then feeling like I was a part of the community as well. And then um, after that, I was able to just learn so many things from like our pastor, uh, from different sermons and for me to even just practice different gifts. Like I never knew what prophetic word was, or I didn't never mm. knew what like tongues were. Um, these were things that were so foreign to me, but for yeah. me to be able to practice all these, uh, these different gifts was actually really helpful. And mm. um, I think that this, it kind of reflects as to why I'm such a helpful person because yeah. I advocate for the, the underdogs. I, I I know what it's like to be down there in the pits. So therefore mm. I want to make sure that whoever feels that way either feels welcome, yeah. feels accepted, or even feels like they're just a part of something. Sure. Um, so that's one co- one way in which I was able to cope, um, aside from having to, or feeling the strength to want to continue and have a better relationship with God. Um, yeah, I think like that has been huge for me. Really, mm-hmm. it's just building that relationship with God. Got it, got it. Yeah, I think people tend to forget that, you know, the mind and body connection too. that the concept of the fact that like, if your body's healthy, then your mind tends to be healthy and vice versa. Mm-hmm. They're not two separate things. And um, spirituality and your emotions and your mental are all the same. Like it, it, it intersects as in like, yes. And people tend to like silo these individual things and compartmentalize it. But you, when you grow up, you realize that like being in tune with your spiritual self and working those muscles and going through the spiritual giftings, being part of your tribe at church, talking back and forth with your pastors um, really affects not just your spiritual well-being, but also your your mental and emotional well-being as well and like you said it's just another avenue mm-hmm. to find a way to cope but beyond coping um progress in uh this journey of mm-hmm. finding emotional and mental wellness yeah um but awesome so went through that incident found therapy executed on certain things um, going back to your demons and your traumas, being connected to God and understanding, you know, his word and, and, and working through the spiritual giftings and exposing yourself to the community has been uh, fruitful. Are, 
and and are there anything else in that same vein of what's been fruitful for you so far in, in yeah. your journey yeah i think that's a really good recap uh, uh so i actually go to therapy on a weekly basis i also see a counselor once a month and i also get spiritual guidance from a pastor once a month as well so <laughs> it may seem like oh i need all the help in the world but honestly like all of this has just been so fruitful and like you said they all intertwine because in in those different sessions i talk about like oh what i talked about in therapy or what i talked about with my pastor and it's great to get those different perspectives and then be able to sort of make my decisions uh on my own as an yeah. adult yeah got so it, got it yeah one other thing that I did want to mention is uh, suicide hotline, and we'll we'll get into ways of how you can get help. But I've actually recently called a suicide hotline, and that has been really helpful. One because a small plug, I do eventually want to start my own hotline. But yeah. there was one day where I was just feeling really low, but I'm glad that I was able to call in. There, there are a few things that we did was like body scanning, you know, feeling, you know, your your body, your feet, your legs, um, your heartbeat, um, seeing that you're like a living and human, human, breathe, human um, being. Um, so Suicide Hotline was actually a really cool experience. Um, wow. Could you, because, you know, there's like suicide hotline numbers like one eight hundred etc. And I don't know too many people that have actually reached out. So could you tell me more about your experiences there? Of like, yeah, I mean, first off, the suicide hotline. Um, you, if anyone wants to reach out, you can either Google it, but I know the suicide hotline is one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five, and oftentimes they'll connect you to local hotlines. Yeah. Um in your city but sorry your question again yeah just like could you walk me through an experience after you've contacted them i think that'd be interesting for our listeners to yeah, our listeners to hear yeah so the last one that i did i called in and uh she was asking me the the counselor was asking me how are you feeling what's wrong and i was a little bit hesitant at first because i, was, I don't know this person uh, I don't know if I can share all this, all of this, like, is it going to be reverted back? And then they're going to like carry me out and go to like a mental institution. I was a very, I was afraid of that, you know, and none of that happened. Actually. She just asked how I was doing. Um, what has been triggering me to feel this way? What I was thinking of doing. So at the time I was like, I want to, I want to jump off the bridge. And um, of course she wanted to make sure that I was safe. She's like, where are you? At the time I was in the in my bedroom, um, one of the ways that I was coping at the time was just uh, just being in bed under my sheets and, and trying to sleep and not think of anything. So basically mm. closing myself off to everything. Um, and so by her asking these questions and me trying to be open and telling her, you know, I said, I, I, I don't feel enough. I don't believe in myself that I, mm. I, I am enough. 
And she began to say these affirmations and she's like, I can't imagine what you're going to going through right now, but I want to remind you and tell you, you are enough. You're more than capable. You're, you're, you're not only, you're not only surviving, you're striving. And like, that made me smile um, when she said that. (laughs) And um, like I said, we did this, this body scan and we went from like my toes up to my feet, to my legs, to like my stomach, my heart, my, um, my arms, even up to my head. And by doing that exercise, it helped me realize like, I am connected to this earth. I'm a living, breathing human being who can put my hand over my heart and just feel that I like have living organs that I'm worthy of living. Uh, Mm. That was, that was like a, that was the first time that I did that exercise and that was really helpful. And then uh, after we were done, she was like, all right, I'm just going to head off. Um, I hope you can get something to eat because I had not been able to eat that day. Um, Rest. If you want to go out, go out. Um, We were discussing goals for the day and uh, yeah, I was able to, you know, log off of that phone and I'm not going to lie. I was laying in bed for a little bit more. And then I was like, let me just get up and let me make some food. And so Mm. those suicide hotlines are life-saving, you know, just hearing the smallest things of like you're enough or you're, you're striving meant a lot to me at the time. Wow. So none none of the stuff that you were worried about, right? Like they would call 911 and like bring an ambulance over and do all these crazy things. It's just like you're speaking with someone that's breathing life into you with words. Exactly. Wow. That's awesome. So I'm guessing, could we kind of like transition into like this past year, year and a half, you know, a lot of people worry about receding, kind of like regressing back into their old ways. And I think the journey's never completely won. And I think that's a double-edged sword where it's just like, it's a beautiful thing because you have something to work on and work with and strive towards. And that's a beautiful thing. The the not so beautiful thing is just like you're not whole and complete and completely fail safe. You know, we're sinners, we're we have temptations, we have times where we fall, we're not perfect, we have flaws, we go back to our old ways and our old habits. So um one, what has that journey been like for you uh in you know the past year? Yeah, past year and then some change, right? Because COVID quarantine started back in March of last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully now it's getting better and the economy is picking back up, et cetera. But um, what's that experience been like for you as someone who's been a suicide survivor, um, found redemption, goes to therapy, and then like the quarantine hit? Could you tell me a little bit about that? Sure. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm glad that you asked that. And I think obviously being in the pandemic has completely been amplified. And then even personally for me, losing my job in the midst of the pandemic has 
been a lot. And I think where there are iterations of me feeling anxiety or, because you're absolutely right. There's days where I will still feel like I'm not enough or that I have to battle certain negative thoughts or or things that come into my mind. And I think one of the biggest things that attributes to that is when I'm looking for a job and I get these rejections, uh, that takes me back to my trauma Mm. because it then also um, reiterates I'm not enough. I wasn't chosen, so I'm not enough. So in those instances, I have to mindfully take tools out of my toolbox and work on work on these coping mechanisms that, that really help me. Mm. One of the things that, that has really helped me and that I always share to a lot of people um, just to give them a, a, a gist or sort of like a, a, a taste of what therapy is like. My, one of my favorite things is um, an acronym called RAIN. And so the, there are different things that, so when you think of RAIN, the first thing R is reflect. So reflect mm-hmm. on what that trigger is. What are you feeling? And then A stands for allow. Allow yourself to feel it. If you're feeling anxiety, uh, allow yourself to feel it. Most often than not, if you're to shove it under the rug, you'll explode and you'll, yeah. you'll probably feel even worse about yourself. That's a good point. Yeah. I stands for investigate. So look into what were these triggers? Um, why are they happening? Um, have you been healed from these traumas? Sort of look into it. And so for me, oftentimes I would stop there, but what's very crucial for me. And I think for a lot of people is the letter N, which starts for nurture. How do you mm. really want to show up in this situation? Wow. Um, what do you need at that moment? If you need support, if you need like a glass of water, or if you just need to take a nap, do that for yourself. You owe it to yourself. Yeah. Um, Going through that whole rain process has been so life-changing. And even in, even in arguments where I, 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 I can go through that process and remove myself and then come back to that situation with a clear mind, Mm -hmm. I can better like, tackle that situation wait sorry what was again it's reflect reflect allow investigate and nurture nurture reflect allow investigate nurture reflect allow investigate nurture reflect allow investigate nurture yeah that's very for it's easy to remember just four words in the acronym rain and rain is beautiful. California needs more of it, but that's <laughs> awesome. That's a great yeah. tool. So you've yeah. been using that tool um, throughout the pandemic? Yes, I have. Yeah, um, my therapist introduced it to me in one of our very fir- one of our first um, sessions together. Got it. That's awesome. So it's like something in your tool belt that you bring out when you're having an argument, going through quarantine, um, losing your job, and like how is the tools that you've built up through therapy and the experiences that you've had help helped you um, kind of like experience and try to thrive in the midst of like losing your job, not being able to see people. Uh, what has been your experience within that moment using these tools um, to kind of like elevate yourself and move forward? Yeah. I mean, in relationships with friends, um, 
even with family members, when I am I'm able to use rain and then come back to the situation, I I feel even more empowered. I feel like one, I I get I I can get a hold of the emotion or behavior that I'm feeling, yeah. and then have an open dialogue with these people mm. once I've been able to process on my own, and 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 it goes back to being able to be self-soothing and that's really hard for a lot of people you know people self-soothe by like maybe drinking or exercise or just other other ways but it's still there right yeah yeah but for me to go through that process and be self-soothing and then um show up later in that situation argument slash rejection i'm I'm able to just come with a clearer mind. I'm able to to feel empowered and just have all these lines of communication with that person. Mm. Yeah. That's so good. So how's it been now? Um, you know, there's been a lot of successes in the latter half of quarantine and as 2021 came, and now you you know you're joining potentially joining a program. Uh, UXUI bootcamp, mm-hmm. and you're able to see folks using these tools to kind of get ahead, you know, things like rain and opening these lines of communication and channels to, you know, not be so siloed in your own self. And right. then also having church and spiritual giftings and seeing your therapist. What, what are you looking forward to most um, uh, in 2021 moving forward? Yeah. Uh, So one of the things that I'm actually working on is a podcast with one of my friends, Jane. Um, Let's let's drop the plug right now. (laughs) Throw out all the information now, Alex. Yeah, that podcast is called Reimagination. So it's R-E period I-M-A-G-I-N-A-S-I-A-N. So it's where... Uh, my colleague and I, Jane, we sort of explore the different intersectionalities between um, LGBT identity, spirituality, and Christianity, as well as our Asian American culture, and yeah. just how a lot of those things intertwine and how sometimes um, you get trauma from maybe one or two of those things and just navigating yeah, through those different yeah, yeah. identities. That's amazing. Um... I think you're doing an amazing thing. And I, I think the the true values of having a podcast is one, giving people a voice mm-hmm. who come on and for you guys to talk about these things and, and expand thought leadership on, on a lot of these cultural, socioeconomic, political, spiritual, mental values and phenomenons and putting it onto a stage we're at scale, people, other people with these perspectives or people who are siloed or people who don't have voices can also listen in and have, kind of have this like new perspective and channel opened up to them so that they in turn can find their own voice in the process as well. So I think more podcasts, the merrier. I don't think we have enough that discuss things like religion, spirituality, the LGBTQ community all together, you know, in this like smorgasbord of thoughts and feelings that you're doing with your um, 
co-founder or co-sponsor, co-host, Jane? Yes, co-host. Um, so, yeah, I'm super excited for that. We'll drop that also in uh, the Instagram posts on Saints of San Francisco. Awesome. Um, but, yeah, are there any other uh, last thoughts or things that you want to talk about? I think, you know, this was a great journey going through this partnership with you alex and last episode and this episode of really digging deep into what you've gone through the mm -hmm. trauma you know coming out as um gay and experiencing these traumas with your parents and struggling with the identity of what it means to be a, a catholic and a christian and within those values how you fit in Mm -hmm. and discovering this new sense of identity after you've imploded and had this suicidal event and then redemption back with the Lord and then picking up on cues and tools, channels, tips, tricks, and strategies to really bolster yourself and mm -hmm. flourish in times where a lot of people need spiritual and mental, emotional help the most. And then now, um, being a productive member of society, being such an invaluable part of 99, which is our church community, being the Enneagram type two, and just being there for so many folks in this community. And then now starting up a podcast with Jane, is, is there anything else that you'd want to touch upon, um, either with closing out this redemption arc or any other advice that you have for folks out there struggling through similar things you struggle through or, you know, whatever you'd like, I'll give you the next minute or two um, so that you can close this out. Uh, yeah, I think, yeah. yeah, thank you, Isaac. I, I think I want to stress the importance of community. Um, obviously with my redemption arc, I was able to find an identity and acceptance in different communities and so having a support system, whether it be your friends, family, relationships, it's super important. And reaching out to others will definitely help you. And on the receiving end, I think if we can practice empathy, it will help each other um, share our narratives, share our stories. That's so good. Yeah. I and I, I think it all just ties back to community feeling acceptance and just, you know, people have their own story and for you to have open ears, it, I'm pretty sure it'll mean a lot to them. Yeah. I feel like to, to close us out, Alex, one, thank you so much for your vulnerability. Um, you know, even if you found all these tools, it's definitely hard to, dig deep into your past, bring it out, and then reveal, you know, warts and all, as Esther so puts it, um, the blood and guts of your past, demons and skeletons in your closet, you know, to a lot of listeners uh, on this platform. Um, so thank you so much for having the courage to dare greatly and bring this out so that you can bring insight, perspective, knowledge, and also um, be there for people that you may not even know listening in who's going through similar things as you are. Mm -hmm. Alex, so thank you so much for coming on and 
uh, being so vulnerable and telling your entire story. Um, and then the second point I wanted to make was community and empathy has gone off to the wayside, I feel like, especially in this community in San Francisco and in other big municipal cities where it's all about me, 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 me. Mm-hmm. What can people do for me? Um, you know, how do I make the next buck? How do I build out my assets? People forgot the value in connecting. And it's become so much more difficult during the pandemic with quarantine. And that's understandable. But I feel like as, you know, our generation, the millennial generation, you know, you go outside and the first thing you notice is like everyone's on their phones. Mm-hmm. No one's really interacting, you know, to the extent that we were, you know, even like five, 10 years ago. And we think we're too good for people. We think we're smart and we have all the answers for ourselves. We're getting distracted by phones, gadgets, media ads. And then somewhere along the lines, like the idea of, working through it together as a unit in your community, in your tribe, having empathy and compassion and trying to listen and understand to one another or to each other and what we're saying and being there for each other, that concept has kind of like slipped through the cracks. And I think that also attributes to why like suicide rates are going up for men. Yeah. The statistic that you brought up and, you know, individually as a person why people feel so alone mm-hmm. you know there's instagram social media outlets multiple channels for you to explore yourself now there's like clubhouse you know where you can go on and kind of have like your own ad hoc podcast with a bunch of different listeners you have that mm-hmm. stage and yet a lot of people say that they feel lonely more lonely than ever and i think you made a good point of like, we need to organically actually be there for one another and put our attention and our intentionality towards community. Yeah. And have a lot more empathy where it's not about, you know, what do I have to offer? You know, what can I get out of this? You know, what can I do to make an impact or an imprint on this world? You may ironically be making the biggest impact of your life as a person by listening to someone else, Mm -hmm. empathizing with someone else, putting yourself in someone else's shoes and kind of living a selfless life. Not to say that like you shouldn't focus on your own objectives and goals. Like if you can't fill yourself up, how are you going to fill someone else up? Right. But at the same time, understanding that this life isn't your own, you're only renting. Like God gave you a finite amount of time here on this earth, not to just do good for yourself, but bring value and love and care to others. And I think that's a great way for us to close off the second episode in the mental health series of the San Francisco podcast. So Alex Alvis, thank you so much for coming on. We'll drop the plug for reimagination uh, in the post uh, on IG and uh, saints. If you're listening, you can give Alex Alvis a follow. I'll also drop a tag for Alex's Instagram as well only if you're okay with it sure that's fine yeah and if you're going through 
despair, if you feel siloed, if you feel lonely, if you have suicidal thoughts and you're afraid of calling the suicidal hotline, either reach out to uh, at SaintSofSF if you're comfortable or to Alex Alvis, who's actually personally gone through that incident and realized that there is a light at the end of the tunnel and you could strive and thrive. So with that said, Saints, hope you're having a beautiful, amazing Saturday. You are worth it. And you are amazing and good. And yep, we're going to end the session here. Thank you so much, Alex. And we out. Hey, Saints. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be releasing episodes on the first three Saturdays of every month. See you soon.